went to the woods because I wanted to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. My name is Nigel McGuinness and this is my unconventional life. It's a podcast, it's a journal, and in a way it's kind of a personal ad. But most of all, it's about navigating the treacherous waters of love, sex and relationships in 2016. Sponsored by nobody right now. Every week I detail my own journey and discuss my own untraditional views and aspirations in that world. Whatever the topic, whoever the guest, it all comes back to one question. How do we best find and express love in 2016? So I just got back from Las Vegas. I had a nice time there, but kind of a lot of things on my mind. Um, I've really been second-guessing my decision about not moving forward and having a kid with one of my parenting partners, um, who I can actually call by their real name now. Her name is Rachel, Rachel Hope, and uh, I can call her by her real name because she's been on plenty of news and TV shows, so um, absolutely nothing to hide. And in actual fact, she's real gung-ho about being very open about it. Um, so I guess I'm at a stage where I'd always said to her, you know, I need three to six months of spending a lot of time with somebody before I know whether I'm ready to move forward with this. But that basically ruled her out because she has to have kids sooner than that and she's going to be away for most of the time. And then I just started thinking, well, I mean, how long do I need? I mean, my mum has met her and, and seems to think that we get on well. But am I making a mistake by not moving forward when I have the opportunity? I don't know, you know, I recorded a couple of more podcast interviews talking about my plans in terms of dating and parenting partnerships. And i got to be honest, I kind of left feeling really defeated, like, like there's no hope. You know, I just, I wish I had a more conscionable way of moving forward. You know, I mean, like... How much time and information will it take for me to be comfortable? And how close to perfect does someone have to be? I mean, am I being overly cautious? And if I am, will it mean that I'll never get to be a parent? Um, Rachel is going to be back next week. Um, no word from Supermom for about two weeks now, actually. And... Um, I don't know, I kind of feel like we're just sort of like drifting apart and um, well, the truth is, the reality is that we've both got very busy lives with a lot of other commitments already and perhaps you could even say that maybe neither of us really have a life that's conducive to being a parent and the question really is, how willing are we to make the changes necessary to change that? I don't know questions and these are you know important things to, to try and figure out but I just think how many people have kids without giving it half of the thought that I do I don't know I need to figure it out though for sure Saturday night I skateboarded um, into Hollywood I actually took the train through and then I skateboarded the rest of the way around to see a friend and I couldn't help but feeling lonely 
you know, seeing other couples walking hand in hand and remembering relationships that I've been in. It's not like I'm looking back now going, oh, I thought the grass was greener before, but now it's not. Or I'm wishing that I could be back in a normal relationship again. It's neither of those things. I, I knew that splitting up was going to put me back in the same largely celibate doldrums that it always had before. But I had to do it. You know, I had to be my authentic self. And maybe like with having kids, I have to be okay with the fact that perhaps I won't have any relationship. And then, if it happens organically, it'll be for the right reasons. I don't know, these are trying times. A lot of difficult questions, but I think it's important I ask them. Do my best to try to find the answers. The interview this week is part two of my interview with good friend Andrew Reyes. He's a guy who I met at Jiu-Jitsu, who I have come to time and time again for life advice, because even though he doesn't necessarily have the same worldviews as me, he figures shit out, and he's smart, and he just gets it, and he knows me very well as well, and that is a valuable skill for anybody to have. So here's the second part of the interview. Um, enjoy it. Uh, we go into some really good details. Forgive any audio issues. Um, it was difficult. I'm sort of learning as I go along, so... Uh, bear with us and we'll get there eventually. Like British Rail, we're getting there. <laughs> Terrible. Enjoy the interview. Most people that I know that have slept with multiple people, there's a reason why they ended up with one person. Because they weren't really at their maximum happiness with with that. Right, because they didn't have deep, meaningful relationships with those people. Right, because they didn't, they weren't built to have deep, meaningful relationships with multiple people. And the moment they did, so the, they right. just didn't have interest in anyone else. Was the, So the question is though, those people, could they have more than one deep, meaningful sexual relationship at the same time? Or is it something that is inherent in them as a human being that makes that impossible? How much of it is society and how much is just the way we really are truly hardwired? I don't think that matters. And I think the focus on that question is a waste of time. I'll use a joke, I'll paraphrase a joke to identify what I'm trying to say. You know what's not natural to humans? Flying planes, driving cars, or making movies. These are all non-natural, societally built Things that we do all the time. The only thing, in my opinion, that's natural to human beings is our need to do anything but what is natural to us. Our very instinct is to break whatever our preconceived notions are. You tell us we're, we're bound to earth, we're going to go fly to the stars. You tell us that we're land animals, we're going to go dive the deepest ends of the sea. So it doesn't matter whether or not we're hardwired or society tells us this, that, or the other. The only thing that really matters is what we feel inside. And we have to be true to ourselves, right? It doesn't matter where that came from. We just have to be true to ourselves. Because if we were true to ourselves, we will find happiness. How do we get to what's true to ourselves, though? Well, you got to be honest with yourself. you got to be honest with yourself. And that means you got to check in once in a while and see what you're feeling and listen to your feeling. You know? It is tough to, to separate what you've been told or what you expect, what's expected of you. Certainly, if you're uh, if you're religious and your church is telling you this is a well, certain that's, way that's to that's probably live. your first problem. You know, you want to talk about something that's unnatural. 
is is believing that a, that a man died and came up three days later and is going to save your your invisible self from internal fire. I mean, about Christianity, yes, but in general, as as a species, ever since really recorded history, have always believed in some kind of. Well, because it's easier to believe that there, there's something that you can understand than the fear of ununderstanding. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I'm an atheist, and and I'm just saying that. Uh, but my but my point is, of course, there are, there are people of all kinds that have expectations that force them or put pressure on them to behave a certain way. Certainly, you could look at people who are in the closet, and the expectations their family or their cultures right. or their religion might put on them to stay in the closet and not be who they are. That's that's 100 true, and it is difficult sometimes, especially if who you are is outside of the social norms. 100. percent And and one thing I I will say that I do agree with is that I think more and more people are starting to feel comfortable being who they are regardless of what that is. If I feel like dressing like a pirate one day and walking down Hollywood Boulevard, I might feel more encouraged or more confident to pursue that today than I would have 10 years from now. But to start to harbor the idea that everyone would be happier or the majority of people would be happier or a whole lot more people would be happier if we could just spread the message that it's okay to date multiple people that starts getting a dicey territory of starting to think that you know what people feel it would make mm. them feel better and and you have to be and this is part of looking in the mirror you have to start asking yourself how much of that is self-serving you know how much of that is you wanting that to be the case so that you'll have a, a larger pool to, to fish from and therefore you know, you'll have more options in the dating realm. I mean, I see your viewpoint, but I, I don't think that's the case. Really, you know, people always say to me, well, you, you, of course, you know, you've none of your long-term relationships have worked out ultimately, therefore you want to have something else. And obviously that's part of it. But it's also from looking at the world. When I look at a number of relationships that I know that have ended badly and people have suffered terribly in these relationships, and I suddenly think to myself, well, maybe there's a better option. I mean, I but how know. how many of those relationships that ended badly are you counting against the relationships that you see that are are going well? And more importantly, how many of those years of those relationships that ended badly, where people suffered, were they happy? Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, the truth is we don't have any kind of statistics to draw on and it's we're always going to have our own personal biases based on our own experiences. So I get that 100%. I'm not sure if we can talk away to a definitive answer one way or the other, but it's good to have a discussion. I think that's important to be open. And the more you talk, I mean, just from having these conversations with you has really helped me to try and understand who I am yeah. truly. And Well, I think that's, well, the, that's, that's the important question. Like the, the, the idea of whether or not the monogamy or polyamory is society built or or natural I don't really think that should be the focus I think the focus who cares about that what you should really care about is what's right for you and if having that discussion helps you get there then great but but really that's what I kind of keep coming back to is like it's about what's inside you well you know me for very well now for at least a few years what do you think is inside me. Do you think I really am non-monogamous or do you think this is just an aversion to upsetting people that I really care about and losing them from my life? I think that you are open-minded enough that you like the idea of being able to date multiple people at once. I think that you're very open to that. I don't know that that door will ever close for you because I think as a philosophy, it makes sense to you. That being said, I think naturally... You're inclined to, to behave in a more traditional monogamous way. I think that you 
haven't really shown well you haven't you haven't had the opportunity to really execute on dating multiple people at once and seeing <laughs> right. it. I mean, just be honest. Dating one person is difficult enough. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's a, that's another good point. It's very difficult with one person, much less four people, five people. Yeah. So I think if I met you in a vacuum, I'd say this guy looks like the kind of guy, who, he looks like boyfriend material, for lack of a better phrase, right? I think it's just in your nature to sort of be boyfriend material. Whether or not you can be boyfriend material for multiple people has yet to been really proven until that happens it's i don't think either you or i don't think myself and especially not you can really know like you have to experience it yeah you have to experience it multiple times right in order for you to figure out if that if that fits it would be like me saying i'm gonna be uh, well I'll, I'll give you a great example it's like when i said up oh, you know I, I learned about being straight edge for the first time you know the idea that you could break from from the societal norm and not drink or smoke or have casual sex and I said, sign me up. I, that seems like something that fits me well. And for a while, it did. And then I realized it was not for me, which is not to say that I'm like a, you know, a, an abuser of, of, of alcohol or anything like that. But it just wasn't, it didn't fit me. And I would never have known that had I not experienced it. Mm. You know, you need experiences to define yourself. Right. Otherwise, we can call, we can claim that we're this, that, or the other. I, I once had I knew a girl who called herself a non-practicing Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> to which I replied, "Well, I'm a non-practicing virgin." <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of ways that we can identify ourselves, but until we actually experience it, there's no way to to say whether it's right for us or not. Right. And I applaud the sense of discovery. And you plunging into these waters to to see if it is something that is engaging to you. Clearly, there's an interest. There's an initial interest. Yeah. But like anything that you would test in science, you got to go apply it. You got to go apply it, and you got to run a, a, a blind study on it and see if it works. And then, yeah. and then you can't go off those one results. You got to go do it again. Yeah. And repeat it, just like you have with monogamy, right? Yeah. The reason you're even open to this is because you've tested monogamy and it hasn't worked. At least it hasn't worked yet. At least it hasn't worked the way it's been set up. So now you you need to apply this, and I think that you should not only make your best efforts to apply it earnestly, but but to document it along the way so that you can look back at it and, and see how it affected you, and and how you've evolved or not evolved in the process, and also hopefully so other people can sort of live vicariously through you and see if it's something that interests them. It's a great idea. So we talk about experiences there and obviously that brings us onto the experience of being a parent and my other real goal for these uh, last chapters of my life. (laughs) You have quite a number of them left, I think. (laughs) But nonetheless is obviously, you know, my theory that I want to be a parenting partner rather than a parent in a traditional romantic monogamous relationship. Why is that? For me, it's because I genuinely believe that the two things, being a parenting partner and being a romantic partner, monogamous or otherwise, are somewhat counterintuitive. And in today's world where we're all supposed to work and make enough money and spend that money and enjoy ourselves and all these things to be happy – to have a child as well is very different and difficult and problematic. Now, I'm willing to, well, I was at least willing to give a monogamous relationship a try, knowing that if it didn't work out, then okay, fair enough, at least we tried. But when you bring a kid into the mix of that, if it doesn't work out, if I think back to some of my 
old relationships. If I'd had a kid in those situations and it hadn't worked out, it would have been absolutely terrible on a child. And I only want to bring a child into the world if it is, and it's never going to be the perfect situation, of course. But for me, if you're going to have a child, the child's well-being should be the most important thing in your relationship. Yeah, but here's the thing. Right now, your plan for parenting a child is based on everything but the child's well-being. How so? Because you're trying to approach this from a business standpoint almost and that you're listing the pros and cons and things that could occur and the possibility of a, of a breakup and the effect that I have a child, but what you're negating is the level of love that a child needs to receive and the benefits of how a child develops relationships later on. Right, but so you think you need a romantic monogamous relationship for a child to see that? I didn't necessarily say monogamous. Okay, well, do you think you need a romantic sexual relationship for a child to see that? Yes, I do. And I'll say this based on women I've dated. Well, you know, and I'm sure this applies to men as well. Women I've dated who have had parents who were romantically engaged have been better girlfriends and lovers than women whose parents were very cold or non-romantic, not even cold, that's the wrong word, non-romantic towards each other, typically. And their ability to maintain a relationship is greatly impacted by what they have been raised to see. Okay. So... That being said, yeah. it doesn't mean that because let's take a breakup, for example, right? Or a single parent, a person who has a parent on right. a child by their own. Certainly, you could say that, well, they, they don't have a relationship for the child to – Right. And, and that's fine. That's true. But that doesn't mean there's not an effect. And that's a very unpopular thing to say for like, people who want to have a baby by themselves. But the rea- reality of it is, is it does have an impact on how a child views relationships. Okay, well, let me ask you this. So if a, a gay couple mm-hmm. has a child mm-hmm. with a, a woman, mm-hmm. then the child isn't going to see that romantic relationship. They'll see it between the, the, yeah. the two fathers. That's what counts. Gotcha. So what about this? What if I have a kid with a girl mm-hmm. in a platonic relationship, mm-hmm. but I have a romantic sexual relationship with somebody else, so they still see that sexual relationship and they get that input, but not from their actual mum and dad. Yeah, that'd be fine. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I, I think, I just think it's important for the child to see romance and love in, in a, in a family environment. Agreed. And I think that if you, if this becomes too much of a business decision, mm-hmm. we're like, because I've seen that in, in relationships that ended, right? Yeah. Where the, the parents are just so like, they don't have any respect for each other or right. any love for each other. It, it does impact, impact the child. So yeah, I mean, that happens all the time. In, in, in relationships that did start very loving. Yeah. 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 And I think, why would you want to start that way? Well, when I see it, yeah, when I see that, though, I don't see it that way. I mean, if you take um, Kat, or if you take any of the girls that I'm friends with in a platonic way, we're very affectionate and loving. And, you know, we don't, we're not sexual, but we hug all the time. We are like, But I'm you like, don't live together all the time. Yeah, there's that, there's that as well, um, for sure. Because I think a child growing up is going to see that as friendship. And so they'll probably be great at being I friends. I, I think they'll be great at being friends, but I don't, like, I, I, when, I, when I was growing up, my parents mm. split when I was about uh, nine-ish, maybe. I don't remember exactly, seven, nine, something like that. Right. And my dad entered into a, a, a marriage that 
eventually has not been fantastic and did not show me a lot of love and showed me a lot of fighting and anger and hostility. And and my dad's a very super nice guy, but it, that relationship wasn't structured the best way. On the flip side, my mom remarried and between her and my stepdad, I saw a lot of very loving affection, touchy-feely, working through problems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So myself and my relationships now, I am very touchy-feely. I understand the importance of hugging, of being around Mm. each other, of doing sweet things for each other. Little things, little things that are important, like sleeping in the same bed is important for your child to understand and see so that when they grow up, they maintain that level of intimacy. And I'm not just talking sexually. I'm just talking like strictly romantic intimacy is important for a person to grow up understanding and being willing to give and to work towards and work for even right. when life gets busy and exhausting. And I, and I feel like you can't learn that in the same way when it's not in front of you in your formative years. Sure. I guess what I, when I see a parenting partnership, I see a lot of that, you know. Well, I mean, let's be honest. You don't need to see your parents having sex. No. And I don't think, to be honest with you, they could probably tell the difference because people think that I'm sleeping with most of the girls that I'm just friends with and they're adults. No one thinks that. No one thinks you're sleeping with any girls that you're friends with. People no. say it all the time. What people? People I meet. People you meet I've or people who know you? I've been to that massage class. People who know you or people, people who know who... me, no. People who I meet, <laughs> yes. Of course. But that's because people I know, I tell them straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are people who are adults who see a man with a woman and they assume sex because that is what the norm is. Oh, but we're talking about a child. We're, we're talking about a child who is just starting to understand life. And yes, we're not talking about them seeing their parents have sex, but hugs, kisses, you know, gentle grabs from behind, holding hands, uh, massaging feet at the end of a day, uh, whatever. All, all, gotcha. Those are things that you just do not do with a parenting partner. So I, well, that's some of those you do. A lot of them you can do. And the truth is as well that I'm not ruling it out. Do you schedule like hand-holding dates? Nah, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying I'm open to the option of letting a relationship move organically, you know, and I'll see how it goes. Would you, though, meet a girl, have a baby with her, and then see where the relationship goes? No. Well, what's the difference? You don't know this person really? Let's say you saw you met someone on a dating website, hmm. and there's a million of them, or Tinder, Right? Right. And you met them a few times and they seem like nice enough ladies. You know, they have a good job. It looks like they come from a stable family. You're just getting to know them. Right. Would you in the first month or two have a baby with them and then keep seeing how the relationship goes? No, of course not. So I don't see what the difference is other than there's been a pre-stated intention to have a child That's the difference. Well, to me, that's like, okay. So if you meet a girl mm-hmm. on Tinder. Mm-hmm. Same things apply. And in the first couple of dates, she's like, you know what? I really want to have a baby soon. Would you say, this is the person I'm going to plant my seed in? Oh, so if I wanted to have a kid, I'd say, well, let's get to know each other better. Yeah. Okay. Get to know each other better. Date. But you're stuck with this person in your life for a very, very long time. 
Yeah, listen, I'm, I, I want to spend a lot of time getting to know anybody and I get it. And, and I really do believe that when people say, yeah, you'll find someone, you're still young. And the truth is, I don't want to have a kid when I'm 50 years old. You know, I want to be young enough to be able to enjoy my kid growing up. But it's not but what it's if you want to be a parent, it's not about what you want anymore. It's about what is best for you. Said to me, right, what's mo- best for the child, and that and what's best for the child is not me being fifty years old and too old and not being able to go and play football with him or whatever well, else, or you, dying when it's like ten years old. Right, but you said the best, which would imply which is better, being in a relationship that's already basically started, as though the relationship has ended, and all the things that come from not seeing a together family unit. I don't see it like that. How not? Because we'd, we'd be affectionate. I'd hug. I'd hug know. the child, and it would understand. No, I'd hug the mum. Well, you don't know that. Well, I wouldn't have a kid with a woman that I wouldn't hug. Like to me, showing that affection between your parents is but very. Are important. you going to live together? Yeah, you're going to live together in an ideal you're world. Be we'd live together. together. Yes. How is that not a relationship? It is a relationship. It's just not a monogamous relationship, and it's not a well, sexual relationship. Good luck seeing if that works. I think that. You know, you're, you're, what you're describing is so very specific that it might work in this very idealized world you've created where you meet a woman who's fertile, who has all the, the qualifications, economically speaking, to support a child, who's willing to move in with you, who's willing to be affectionate with you on a somewhere between friendship and romantic world. And open to polyamory and not have sex. There's a maybe in that very specific scenario, in a in, a, in the very idealized world in which you're creating, it would be fine for the child. But you might be 50 years old before you find that scenario. Agreed. Which brings me on the question: If I don't have kids, do you think I'd be unhappy? Do you think I'll be miserable? Do you think that uh, there's something intrinsically that I want to have kids, or that I'd be perfectly happy because I, you know, I've got a pretty good life. I go surfing once a week. I've got lots of friends. I go around and enjoy myself. I can pay the bills. I live in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. Yeah. Well, happiness is a choice. So that that's yeah. not a question for me to answer. That's a question for you to answer every day. Right. You know, what if I don't have kids? I want kids. Right. You know, but I could have sperm that doesn't work. You know, my wife could not be able to have children. That could be a, that's a reality that all couples of all sorts face all the time. Yeah. You know, and the answer to whether or not I would be happy or not rests solely on the decision I make every single morning that I wake up. I can choose to be a dick. I can choose to be unhappy. I can choose to be miserable. I can choose to focus on all the things that didn't go right for me in my life. I can choose to focus on all the things that I want that I can't have or don't have or might not ever have. Or I could I could choose to focus on all the great things that I have in my right. life and be perfectly happy with it and understand that life is not all about getting the things that you want. Cool. I understand that 100%. But by that nature there has to be some things that you should pursue yeah you should pursue but you should pursue so how do you know what things you should pursue necessarily I think you being open to having a kid is great I think that you would be a fantastic father I think that you're you're feeling pressure and time ticking and I think it's leading you to start exploring more rash uh, scenarios that I don't think you would normally make because you feel that there's a ticking time bomb. I think 25-year-old Nigel does not explore this. 
I think even 30-year-old Nigel does not explore this. But I think now you feel like so much time has passed that you have to do it one way or the other. I don't know that making a rash decision is a good decision. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't see it as a rash decision because this is something I've said for probably 10 or 15 years that this is what I wanted to do. Did you want to have a you want to have a child with someone that you weren't in a relationship with? A sexual relationship, yes. Why not? What if it's a polyamorous relationship? What if you meet a girl who wants to have a baby and is totally down for being polyamorous? Yeah, potentially, absolutely. But like, I mean, back get... then, I wouldn't have said yes to that because I didn't know how any of that would have worked. But, but you would have looked into it, knowing you. You would have looked into it straight away. Potentially. But what I'm saying is that it, the, the, the 30-year-old Nigel absolutely would have done. But what happened was I'd always get into serious monogamous relationships. But we're not talking about monogamous, right? We're talking, let's say you meet a girl, a polyamory group or community, yep. what have you, and she's like, listen... You're let's date. We're gonna date other people also, but let's date. And you form a long-term relationship, or a serious relationship that is not monogamous with this person, right? To the point where you feel comfortable saying, "I know this person so very intimately that I feel comfortable pursuing having a child with this person," because regardless of how the relationship works, I feel like it's getting off to the best possible foot. Sure. I'm certainly open to it. In, a, in an ideal situation, it would be non-sexual. But why? Again, my feeling that a sexual relationship brings such emotions with it that it can be counterproductive. But you, you, if if these people that you're meeting and dating are truly polyamorous, then that shouldn't apply. No, it's, all relationships are difficult. All relationships, well, all sexual relationships, when they brought well, up, not just sexual relationships, but the more intimate a relationship is, whether sexual or otherwise, when it doesn't work out, the more difficult and problematic why it can are you be. Afraid of, why are you afraid of not working out? Why are you, you're because letting, most don't. Okay, but that's not what I asked. All people die. I'm not afraid of dying every day. Death is undefeated. I don't operate my life with the idea that I'm going to die because I will. Over half marriages end. That doesn't mean I would pursue or approach my relationship with that mentality. That is a that is a recipe for attracting the undesired result into your life. You're 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 trying to avoid a bad scenario and you're not actually opening up the best scenario for yourself. What do you think that would be? I mean, you might as well be in a bubble. Because mm. you could break your ankle walking out the door, right? Yeah. In fact, I mean, you should, if, shouldn't leave the house then because this- well, if everybody I knew, or if a large portion of the people that I knew did break their ankle walking out their house, then I would be cautious, very, very cautious about walking out my house. But most cautious walk- about walking out your house could be approached two different ways. You could be tepid and fearful of walking out there in the first place, or you could prepare yourself. And confidently walk out there knowing you're believing in your preparation. The question is, what kind of life do you want? Do you want to prepare yourself and be confident in your preparation that you feel, regardless of the result, that you've done everything you can to set yourself up for success and believe in the ability that to, to achieve that success through hard work and determination? Or do you want to say, well, but the stats say, regardless of that, 
it could end, and so therefore I'm gonna I'm gonna try to tiptoe around it. Well, no, listen, I I do believe that this is gonna take a lot of hard work and determination, as you said, a to find somebody that that wants to have a kid in the situation that I want to have a child in, and b to make that work even when it does. It's not an easy option. I just think for me. It's the best option. And if it's the best option for me, it's the best option for the child because that's what I mean by it being the best option for me in that my child would be raised the best way I possibly could. But that doesn't mean it's the best way for the child. I mean, that's what I mean. But I mean, the child could grow up not having any idea how intimacy works, having a very cold idea of how intimacy uh, works. Uh, only if my relationship was not which, intimate. Which, you know, frankly, could be. No, because I wouldn't have a kid with somebody that I wasn't intimate with. So you want to try to find a relationship that you want to try to create a, uh, an intimate relationship with someone without sex. Yes. Good luck. I have lots of intimate relationships without sex. Yeah. You, how do you want to have babies with any of them? I mean, none of them want to have kids, but if, if one of them did and they were the right age and the right everything else was the right fit, then yeah, very much so. Maybe, man. It's a very shallow pool you're trying to pull from. You might be right. And I think that... But what's the other option? The other option is going and saying, all right, this is what I really want. This is who I truly believe I am. And this is the best situation for my child to be raised. I don't think it, I don't think it is the best. I don't think it is who you are. I don't think it is who you are at all. Really? And nothing about your actions show that other than the fact that you have... You approach fear from the standpoint of trying to avoid it versus trying to overcome it. And I think that the the way I see you interact in relationships is very different than even as intimate as you are in friendships. And I think that part of you is providing the best part of you for your child to see. Nigel, when he truly, truly is romantic with someone. I've seen it twice with two different people. And it's a, it is, regardless of what you might see as an outsider, it is a different version of yourself than... When I see you around Cat or one of your friends, which is perfectly fine, it's just not—it's not the part that someone will aspire to be as a child. It's—it's it's not the part that, let's say, you have a daughter, she'll look for when she tries to find a mate of her own. Yeah. It's a friendly—it's a very friendly chap. It's a very friendly lad. It's just not the kind of guy you fall in love with. So I guess, right, then it comes back to what you said, that, you know, as long as I, if there is one of those relationships for the child to see, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. It needs to see that. But but here's the, here's the other part of it, I, and I think this is where it gets a little dicey. It's like, because when you have a relation, when you have a child with someone, you, you invite them into your life, in theory, forever, pretty much. I feel it's very difficult to know or feel good about that when it's not on somewhat of a romantic or very, very close friendship, either a very, very, very close friendship or a romantic relationship, some you would have to spend so much time with them to really feel confident in that space. Not, and, and that's not to say that people do because plenty of people have children who have no business having children, but look at the results. You know what I'm saying? Like if you had, like let's say for example, you want to, let's say you were gay and you were with the guy and you said, hey, we want to have kids, um, and I know, uh, Kat, I've known you forever, I feel good about you being in my life, um, even if it's just as a friend, or, or or I feel good about you leaving my life entirely, so that my, you know, it's, it doesn't cause disruption, that would be one thing, 
But what you're talking about is meeting people and knowing them for a few weeks or a couple months and then deciding to have a child with them. I think is very. We're talking about that. When have I talked about that? Oh, that's not true. You've you've talked about having children with people that you have not known for very long. No. Two different people that you've not known for very long. Yeah, n- not moving forward with it. I've talked about getting to know them more, and I've actually known them both for two years, and I haven't spent a lot of time with either of them, and that's why I'm not moving forward with either of them, but there is no way that I would move forward until I have spent that considerable amount of time with them, without a doubt. Yeah, okay. All right, I buy that. But then you're committing a lot of time to someone that you have no interest in, in any sort of long, real relationship Absolutely, it's be a very real relationship if we get to the stage of having children. Once again, you're going into your ideal world and your ideal setup that I think is going to be very difficult to find. I feel like for you, if you're if you're truly serious about having a child, a better, more efficient avenue would be to try to find a polyamorous relationship and, and do so in a way that allows you to meet someone that you would have a child with, in a more traditional sense. And I think you should get past the idea that sex will somehow fuck it up because I don't think that's the case. If you ask me what I think is your better scenario, it is finding a relationship with a woman whom you you would be open to having sex, uh, a child with, but who also is open to being in an open relationship. All right. Well, I've listened to your most everything else you've told me, so <laughs> I'm going to do my best to listen to you on this as well. Plus, think about this way. You also get to have sex with them, right. which is awesome. Sex- Not for them. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna study up on it, and uh, you know what they say: practice makes perfect. So there's instructional videos online that I think you could <laughs> practice with. All right. Well, I appreciate Put it. Put your training and in. Thank you for your advice. Thanks for coming on, and uh, thank you for your friendship. I don't know if I ever had the chance to thank you, but it really does mean a lot to me. Well, I appreciate it, and, and obviously the feelings are are mutual. And 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 I and I want to thank you too because I think you're very brave in a lot of ways. I think you're very brave in pursuing things and you're very principled. You're very honest, maybe too honest. And um, I think that you, I, I, I want to see you find that right relationship. I think that it's it's not far without outside of your reach. I think it's just a matter of looking in the mirror and being very honest with yourself and, and finding the best approach because a lot of it's finesse. All right. Well, I'll keep you appraised and uh, well, you can listen to the podcast like everybody else. All right. Thanks, Nigel. Thank you, mate. Well, that's it. One week closer to six feet under. Thanks for listening and being part of the journey. Drop me a line if you think you or someone you know here in Los Angeles would be a good parenting partner for me. Before you go, though, you know the deal. Like, subscribe, comment, post a review, show some love back next week but if you want to know more before then you can read my weekly blog at nigelwrestling.com forward slash blogs you can buy my t-shirts there book me for your event or a party or just send me a nice message wherever you are whoever you are i hope you find kindness and love be happy mm-hmm.